I think about like um, when God uses um, myself or others as a vessel with the homeless or those have been rescued after being human trafficked. Um, the glimpse of hope, um, a glimpse of knowing that they're not forgotten, that they are loved. So at that moment, many of them are suffering from abandonment issues, rejection issues, not being able to use their voice, not being able to be heard. How are they seen? They're not seen through the eyes of God. They're seeing as an item or a, a piece of something that's not good enough. So through our sufferings, God uses those. He wants us to use those to speak life into them and say, no, wait a minute. You're not abandoned. God says you're not abandoned. You're not struck down. You're not left alone. Um, you're not rejected by God. Because um, rejection and abandonment are so painful. But if we, if we don't hear them, if we don't listen to them, if we push them aside, if we act like they're not as good as we are because I'm a Christian and they're that, you know what I'm saying? That's another form of abandonment, rejection, saying that they're not good enough. That's not Christ. Worshippers, it's your host, Leisha Cole, and um, our guest, Sunny, is with us today. And we're talking about living like Christ. So, we were just talking about in the last episode um, encouraging others. We actually want to move towards um, how to live like Christ through the suffering. And so, I wanted to start with reading um, some scripture from Romans 5 um, 3. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And um, yeah, Sonny, I don't know, as we're talking about through the suffering, if can you identify with that? Because it kind of sounds... A little bit like a process. Sufferings produce perseverance. Perseverance produces stronger character, and and your character produces hope, or maybe perspective of hope, because Christ is our hope. Is Absolutely, there anything? it is a process because sometimes if we don't have any suffering, how do we understand um, other people that are suffering? Hmm. So, like through suffering, you have to learn to persevere. Or then you pretty much die within yourself. So I I know people that are living, but they're actually not living. Like they're dead. They're walking dead, almost kind of like that zombie mm-hmm. <laughs> thing that they call walking dead. Um, they don't they don't live life because they're so dead inside. Because in their suffering, they don't see God. They see um, they blame God. Mm. So what I've learned is in my suffering that I've persevered towards God. I've ran after God. I've chased God. And he's taught me to persevere um, also to use it to bless others and say, look, I've been there and this is what you have to do. Or um, if you want to talk about it, I'm safe 
and I can pray with you. And this is what God has shown me. And when you chase God and you read his word and his truth and his promises, because our Bible is living and active, when you read it and you speak it, it's living, it's active, it's healing. Um, And the more you read it, you will learn to persevere and you'll gain strength and more courage. But it also teaches you more about grace and mercy and compassion and God's true love um, in people's suffering. And the thing I love about all that God has allowed me to suffer, he didn't give it to me. He didn't make it happen. We live in a fallen world. We live in a sinful world. But it happened. And through that, I don't blame God because God was right there telling those people, leave her alone, don't do it. But they didn't listen. He's always right there. He says he never leaves us nor forsakes us, nor forsakes us. He's always there. And he's always trying to tell that person, please don't hurt her. Please don't hurt him. Don't do it. Don't do it. But they're not listening. They don't have the ears of Christ or the eyes of Christ or the mind of Christ at that moment, or maybe not at all. So that's why I never blame God. But as he's there, he's, he's still protecting me and he's going to use everything that's happened to me for his good and for his glory. And he does, he allows me now to see people that are suffering through the eyes of Christ, not through the eyes of their sin or what they've done. Does that make sense? And that's the perseverance that's seeing them as, you know what? They're suffering. Say they're a drug addict. Are they a drug addict because they're a bad person? Absolutely not. Are they a alcoholic because they're bad? Absolutely not. Or homeless because they made bad choices? Maybe. But are they bad? No. They're still a child of God. And to know, to love them as Christ does. Because we don't know what they've been through that brought them there. And they need Christ just as much as I still need Christ. And they're just as valued. And they should be just as um, loved and valued as Christ loves us. They're not any different or any lower than we are. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. That's what the suffering has allowed me to be come is more like seeing people, um, the same. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, Oh, I see you have some scars. I do too. Here are mine. Yes. You know, there, there is that kind of empathy link and that compassion. And, um, I think that's so true and that's so good. And there are different types of suffering too, that you pointed out. And, um, yeah, a lot of people need to be released from some things too, because the, the suffering can be, um, something external, something that happened to them. Um, it also can be the suffering like within us too, um, and having those kind of battles. There's another piece of scripture I wanted to, to speak on, um, in also in Romans, um, chapter eight verses 14 through 30. So it's a bit longer, but I didn't really want to cut a lot out to be honest. So this is the NIV translation. So For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. 
heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are worth com- are not worth comparing with our glory that will be revealed in us. I'll read that again. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same time, or in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do, not, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. That's a lot of scripture there. And there's a a lot of goodness, really. Um, But some of the things, I think, that just stand out is when it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. And that's just, in our sufferings, we have a testimony for Christ. Mm-hmm. And that brings God glory. Yes. And it, 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 it should always point back to him. And yes. in our sufferings, instead of being like, woe is me or poor me, which we may be justified to say that, especially by the world's standards, but to keep that, that living like Christ perspective mm-hmm. that while Christ suffered and suffered on the cross, he knew the bigger picture and he's like, this is going to glorify God. This is going to save generations. So you yes. talked earlier about um, breaking chains and, and there are generational chains and curses and things that just seem to be repeating in our family trees and those kinds of sufferings and things like that. And um it's just really powerful. And I think you're right that when we have suffered, we can see that in other people, but we can also draw out and encourage them in their suffering by saying, hey, like not just to dismissively say this is going to glorify God, but to really encourage them and through perseverance and, and that builds character and hope and, and those things. So, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's all they're looking for is that glimpse of hope. <clears throat> I think about like, um, when God uses um, myself or others as a vessel with the homeless or those have been rescued after being human trafficked. Um, the glimpse of hope, um, a glimpse of knowing that they're not forgotten, 
that mm. they are loved. So at that moment, many of them are suffering from abandonment issues, rejection issues, not being able to use their voice, not being able to be heard. How are they seen? They're not seen through the eyes of God. They're seeing as an item or a, a piece of something that's not good enough. So through our sufferings, God uses those. He wants us to use those to speak life into them and say, no, wait a minute. You're not abandoned. God says you're not abandoned. You're not struck down. You're not left alone. Um, you're not rejected by God. Because um, rejection and abandonment are so painful. Mm-hmm. But if we, if we don't hear them, if we don't listen to them, if we push them aside, if we act like, they're not as good as we are because I'm a Christian and they're that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's another form of abandonment, rejection, saying that they're not good enough. That's not Christ. Yeah. Christ would go to them before they'd go to me if we're all in the same room because he's going to go to the most broken, the most hurting. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. He's not going to come talk to me. He's going to be like, oh, that one needs me. Yeah. Um, and that's how he wants us to be because it's all for the glory of God, everything that we go through, like you said earlier. And we're to show them that you are not abandoned and rejected by God. You're, you've been adopted. Yes. Oh, I like and that. And, and you're not an orphan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they don't need any more strikes on them. Mm-hmm. They're already so down. Mm-hmm. And there's so much of it out there. I see it in the students when I'm substitute teaching. I see it in the advocacies when I'm meeting these women that have been trafficked and rescued are the ones God's put in my mentoring and they're so afraid of more rejection mm-hmm. and that's not what Christ calls us to do yeah what um do you have any tips going back to kind of encouragement a little bit do you have any tips for listeners in how to give encouragement because I I've talked with some people and they're really discouraged and they hesitate to encourage others in their suffering because they themselves say to themselves well, I haven't been through that, or I, I feel like I can't speak to that because I don't have issues with that, or I haven't been through that. I don't know what that's like. Um, what tip do you have for people who are thinking and feeling that way? And it's, hesit- it's making them hesitate to encourage people in their suffering. I believe the key is knowing God's word and truth and God's promises and speaking those, because those are always true life. Those are always truth. Whenever we're speaking God's word and God's promises, it's always going to bring life. Mm -hmm. So when you um, speak um, like no weapon formed against you will prosper. Well, what does that mean to that person? And speak that into them and what that really means. Or like um, she is clothed with dignity. She's, you know, that Mm -hmm. one verse in Proverbs in righteousness and um strength and stuff like that. Like I'm not great at memorizing scripture, but I know some, but I would do know how to go to scripture and speak those into people. If I don't know what to say, mm-hmm. uh, just know that always go back to the Bible, to God's word. If you don't know how to just say it out of your own self, because if it's coming through scripture, that means it's coming through God and it's coming through the Holy spirit and it's always pure. It's always truth. Mm-hmm. So, Um, sometimes we try to do it out of our own thinking and out of our Mm -hmm. own mind. And if we do it through Christ and through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Bible is always, God's scripture is always truth. It's always right. Mm 
-hmm. And the one thing I've learned to speak into people, you are not defined by your past. You're not defined by your sin. Mm -hmm. You're defined by God. Your worth is only through Christ, not what people label you. Mm -hmm. You're labeled as a daughter of Christ. You're labeled as a child of God. Mm You're you're labeled as righteous. You're labeled as worthy. You're labeled as lovable, forgiven, grace, mercy, compassionate. That's what you just speak truth. Yeah. And if you don't know what to say, always refer back to scripture. Yeah. That's That's so good. That's what they need to hear. Yeah. Because that's the most living and active word. It's true. It's true. That's the, the best kind of like life and um and word to share is is the lord's that that's the most life and i think because sometimes i think we can overanalyze it Mm -hmm. and i think just your advice there and your counsel just helps simplify that and like listening to the holy spirit and um that's just really good well fear is a liar so satan will put fear in there so we don't speak out because satan doesn't want you to Mm -hmm. so he's going to put fear in there plus if you think about it the person that wants to speak into someone that may not have experienced it think about paul or well saul and then paul think about job if we've never experienced that, but we understand it, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you met Job today, what would you speak into him? Yeah, God's truth. Yeah, even though we've never been there, mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. And there, there's really when you know, perfect love casts out fear, mm-hmm. right? So being connected to the source and that, and receiving God's perfect love, and that that helps us to to share that love with others and. Yeah, that's just really good. I love Psalms 139 where it says, For you are fearfully and wonderfully made. For I knitted you perfectly together as I placed you in your mother's womb. Like sometimes those verses that if you speak life into them, like you were fearfully and wonderfully made. God chose you. God put you together like with his own hands. Mm -hmm. You're unique. There's only one of you. So be the best you. Because there's no one else like you. Mm-hmm. Like, you're so unique. Like, there's never going to be another you. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to hear that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And that's God's truth. Yeah. Simple, but true. It is. And, and a lot of times they, it, like you said, it's simple, but it's true. And, and we shouldn't underestimate when we plant seeds like that. Because mm-hmm. um, it's going to get, if they if they're being told that as they're reading scripture from other Christ followers and things like that, it, that seed's going to grow and be watered and taken care of. And it's just going to grow. And then in time, like we've had people encourage us in our walk, mm-hmm. um, eventually there will be fruit and we'll bear fruit in that. And it just started with the seed, yes. <laughs> you know, so that's good. So I had someone talk to me about how they've lost their parents. And then I talked about Hadessa that changed her name to Esther because she had to save her nation and how she had to prepare a year before she presented herself to the king. You know, there's more to the story. I could go on and on and on about Esther. But just sharing that story gave her hope, like, because she had lost her parents. 
And I'm like, that's hard, and I'm not discounting that. But God says he's the father to the fatherless, the mother to the motherless. He is everything. So if you understand scripture and read Esther and see what God did for her without her parents, and she had to live with Mordecai, and he spoke life into her. He taught her how to read, and she took that knowledge and she spread it through the village and then she was able to read to a king that wanted to kill her people and she could have been killed so just things like that the bible has all these stories that we can take and put hope into someone else always plant hope always plant that grace